If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. My name is Anna Dimmel. So happy you're joining us today. Today I'm talking all about finding your purpose, finding your reason for being here, which I think is the essential question that so many of us are trying to figure out. We're going to look at the story of Jesus and we're going to pull and mine some gold from it and think of his story in in a way that you maybe haven't thought of his story before. So it's a good topic. It's a good episode. I am looking forward to diving in. First, I have to thank Mr. Robert Arnau. Robert is a supporter of this show, and this episode is brought to you by him. Robert, thank you for your continued support of this show and your friendship to me. I've gotten to know you, and I absolutely adore you. So, Robert, we love you, and thank you. If any of you are interested in becoming a Patreon and supporting this show, you can find out more by going to my website, justajesusfollower.com, and clicking on the button Patreon. In final closing, I have to say this episode is out a few days later than it should have been. This weekend, I took my two middles to a little weekend escape with just me, and we went to a water park, and we had the time of our lives. So much fun, so much chlorine. I just, I can't even. My hair was like crunchy. I think it's still crunchy, actually. <laughs> it was it was a fun little weekend trip, but the podcast didn't get out over the weekend. And so now here it is a few days late. I apologize, but my weekend was totally worth it. So I love you guys and let's get into the show. Here we go. Today, we're getting into this topic of purpose, and I'm not going to delay. I'm going to jump right in because this is such a profound subject. I think all of us come into this world with this hope of finding our purpose, with this drive of figuring out what am I here for? You know, a lot of the age-old philosophers, that was their primary question. That's what differentiated different schools of thought was, why am I here? Why are we here? What is the point of all of this? If you fall into any sort of religious practice, and for me, it was Christianity and it was the evangelical brand of Christianity, which talked so much and focused so deeply on calling That was the verbiage used for purpose, was finding your calling. I think for a lot of us, we want to find a reason why we're here. 
We want to know that our life has value and meaning, and we want to know that there's this goal that we're chasing after. Unless you're just completely lackadaisical and are content to just sit on your couch and waste away your life, you're not content until you figure out what is it I'm supposed to do with myself? Why am I wired the way I am? You know, we talk about on this show all the time, inner work and inner healing and grief and looking deep down past the people-pleasing wants and fears and nervousness and anxiety that we have allowed to creep in throughout our lives, peeling back those layers and finding the gold of who we are. This has been an ongoing journey for me. I cannot remember a time when I wasn't thinking about my quote-unquote purpose, which eventually involved to a calling. When I was little, I remember feeling like I had 10,000 different directions of purpose or callings I could go into, which was why I didn't run off to college immediately because I had no idea which path was the right one. I think it's crazy, by the way, that we expect teenagers in high school to figure out their path by the time they graduate. It's absolutely absurd. That was just a little caveat from a mommy of a high schooler. I have always wanted to know my purpose, which is what dug me into so much of my faith. I think that's a good thing. I think if you are digging into faith and digging into religion or spirituality, if you're going at it with the mindset of trying to figure out who is right and who is wrong and how you can now lord yourself over someone else, wars have been fought over that use of religion and ideologies. That's never going to end well. But on the flip side, if you dig into your faith and your spirituality and that soul part of you in whatever form that takes, that can be a beautiful thing if your focus is trying to figure out the inner workings of you. I don't think this Christian movement was ever supposed to be some sort of movement that lorded over other people. I think that the people around Jesus, specifically the Jewish people who were living under Roman oppression and were desperately wanting to be set free, I think they were hoping for that, that whatever movement this Savior, this Messiah was creating, that it would give them the power back. Human, right? Like, totally understandable. But gaining power and gaining authority over people didn't seem to be any sort of idea that Jesus was interested in. Jesus, as we're going to dig into here in a minute, set the bar on a totally different, like, playing field. Like, it's not like he was just in a different chapter in the same book as the people of his time. It's like he was in a different book altogether. Power and authority didn't seem to be anywhere on the radar. Rather, humanity and connection and purpose and love, that was more what his life echoed. 
I'm going to talk about the life of Jesus, and and I feel very disqualified to talk about the life of Jesus as though one could sum it up in a 30-minute podcast. Jesus was a complex individual. The more I studied scripture, the more I tried to model my life and continue to try to model my life after this magnificent being, the more questions I come up with. And I I like that and I dislike that at the same time. I think the mystery is what keeps me coming back and also what keeps that part of my faith so other than, so so otherworldly, so divine, which reminds me that I am not. It reminds me of my place and that I am human and there are some things my brain could never comprehend. But then equally as I study the life of Jesus, I continue to come up with simplicity. I, I find myself, although I run into a thousand questions and a thousand different things that make me scratch my head about his, his life, I do run up against a very simple theme. What I mean by that is Jesus was fairly simple in his day-in, day-out practice. Now, the people around him certainly did not see it that way. They found him very difficult to predict. You know, I think people who are, especially like if you see a couple that's been married, right, for a long time, they can anticipate each other's moves. They can finish each other's sentences. They can predict how they will respond in certain scenarios. The people around Jesus never seemed to be able to do that with him. Even the people closest to him didn't ever seem to find the hack into his way of thinking of being able to pin down what his next move would be. In fact, they usually tried to and were wrong. So was he complex or simple? Probably depended on who you asked. We only have the texts that were given, which aren't all that detailed in that we have, you know, his whole life condensed down to these four accounts, which are pretty brief. So from my point of view, I still find him complex, but I also see this thread of simplicity in his purpose. That's what I want to focus on today, because I think for so many of us, our life, our religion or religious practices, if you will, have complicated and robbed us, interfered, if you will, with our soul-given purpose. I want to start with the beginning of, of Jesus's life. And, I, and I'm not talking about his birth. I mean, the beginning of his, they would call this, back in my former Christian circles, they would call this the age of accountability, right? When you are now responsible for your decision-making things. Okay. Around the age of 12, I think, is what a lot of people would look at that age to be. So in the book of Luke, which, you know, Luke's take is always pretty, pretty straightforward. We have in chapter two, so many events so quickly covered. Like we talk, he talks here about Jesus being brought into the temple as a baby, right? And this beautiful prophetic thing that happens while Jesus is there and how moving this scene was. Okay. And then we skip literally 
it's the end of that story. And then we jump to him being 12 years old. I'm kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> what happened in between? There's not much given there. But we pick up Jesus's life from infancy now to to being at the age of accountability, like we would used to say, at the age of 12. And this is a story where it is his family's travel, traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover like they did um, as part of their tradition, and Jesus is with them. And then they realize after they leave that Jesus is not with him. And they search and search and search. And they finally make their way back to Jerusalem, Mary and Joseph do. And there is Jesus. A lot of you are familiar with this. So it says that after three days, this is in verse 46, they found him in the temple courts sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw them, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Perfect mom response, I might add, because they walk into this scene where their 12 year old boy is like astounding these teachers and leaders of the religious law. And his mother's response is not to be impressed. Her response is like, What do you think you're doing? You were supposed to be somewhere that you were not. How dare you? (laughs) Right? Like, such a mom move there. I, I appreciate that. In verse 49, Jesus responds, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? In other translations, it says that I had to be about my father's business. It says, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So we have literally his adolescent years boiled down to this one story. And in this story, it is of a son not obeying his parents, but instead doing his own thing. You could argue, and and I think I've even heard sermons about this, that he was God incarnate, right? He was the son of God. And so, of course, he had to be, as many translations read, about his father's business, It did not matter his earthly submission to his earthly parents. He had a greater mission. And this has got me thinking about purpose. What was the purpose of Jesus's life? If you just read this story, you would say it would be the religious law. It would be connecting with those who were of a spiritual mind, connecting with those who studied the law and who were seeking God in his father's house, in a temple, that was his purpose. But that certainly wasn't the rest of his story. The rest of his life did not follow that trajectory. In fact, he connected with many people outside of his father's house. In fact, he turns over tables and gets real, real pissed off in that same scenario in a temple of his father's house with the same kind of people. So we don't see him making a career of being one of the religious leaders. In fact, 
they hated him. He became an enemy of the religious leaders. So if that was his purpose, that's certainly not what happened. So so that couldn't have been his purpose, right? To be in with the religious crowd and connecting with them because they ended up hating him and his life did not go that route. So if that wasn't his purpose, okay, what was? Some would argue that his purpose was to die for our sins. And that this is probably the most popular argument, that the purpose of Jesus Christ was to be born and then be killed for the sake of our salvation. But if that was the case, why did he live for 30 some odd years? Like if his only purpose was to be killed, why not just have him born and then murdered? Get it over with. Like if that was the sole purpose, it makes no sense that he would live for as long as he did. So then what what was his purpose? What was the point of his journey here? This is the question that all of us deep down question this. Like I said earlier, this is the question that philosophers throw back and forth ideas over and and form philosophies based on the idea of purpose. Where did we come from? Where are we going? Why are we here? As I've looked through scriptures and I've and I see the story of Jesus, I see this person who was complex. Not only was he complex to his parents, as we read in that story just now, he was complex and complicated to his closest friends. He was a mystery to the people that he was teaching to. He was someone that could not be pinned down or figured out to those in charge of things. When it came to his disciples, even they were kind of confused about what the point and purpose of his mission on life was. I mean, they were arguing over who was going to sit next to him when he became king. <laughs> like they they even had it backwards. So, what was the point of this man's amazing divine life? As I've said before, there's a simplicity about his story that continues to grip me, and I think it's why it's always gripped me. Jesus, as many times as he confused people, Jesus was predictable in one way, which was he was never led by outside opinion. Jesus lived his life in such a way that he was not seeking the approval of his parents although I think it's clear he did respect them deeply and love them deeply, their trajectory and plan for his life was not what he was focused on or worried about. When it came to the religious leaders in charge, I love how he spent his time there as that 12-year-old boy asking questions and, and digging into deep conversations. He was inquisitive. He wanted to know what they were thinking. He was a man of questions. In fact, most of his interactions with people began with questions. He was a thinker. He was a questioner. Also, aside from not wanting or seeming to need people's approval, 
Jesus did his own thing all the time. So much so that he was kind of like his own little outcasted thing. Like he didn't seem to be focused on fitting in anywhere. And yet he seemed very content. Some might say, okay, if his purpose in life wasn't just simply to die, then his purpose in life was to model what a spirit-led life looks like with healing and miracles and casting out demons. And, and for many years, I believed that. I believed that was what the Jesus lifestyle was all about. It's true. Jesus healed nearly any sick person who was brought to him. Jesus set people free from demons and mental health issues and all kinds of crippling diseases, even death. When we look at the story of Lazarus, he was constantly offering life. But he didn't seem to want a popularity contest out of it. Like if his whole purpose was just, again, leading up to his death was to be healing and doing miraculous signs, well, I think he would have been more flashy about them. I think the most flashy thing he did, some may disagree with me, was probably when he fed all of those hungry people with just two loaves of bread and some fish. Like, that was real flashy. But he certainly wasn't gathering those people for that purpose. He was gathering them to teach to them. It wasn't until one of his disciples pointed out, um, they've been here a long time and they're super hungry. Then Jesus was like, oh, didn't think about that. Okay, I'll fix that. And then he does this huge miraculous thing. Even when he turned the water into wine, he didn't want people to know he did that. So this whole idea of being real, like out in the world's face about being flashy and healing and setting people free from demons, like that wasn't really his point either. So, okay, we've removed that theory, then there's this last theory that a lot of people would say, well, it was to teach people to repent from their sins and to follow and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, which is the traditional um, gospel message that is still preached in many churches today. And this one has always puzzled me, always, because I never saw Jesus do that. Jesus, out of all the healings he did, out of all the miraculous signs that he did, the dead people brought back to life, all the things that Jesus was doing, well, he certainly wasn't asking for a confession of faith every time he did that. He didn't gather a crowd together and say, all of you repent, repent, repent. Like, far from that. That didn't seem to be the goal either. Now, when he got into his repent speeches, which towards the end of his life, he did more and more of those. He seemed to be getting more and more frustrated and angry by the time things were wrapping up here on earth. It seemed to all be towards the religious, the hypocrites. He was fed up by the end of his time here. So yes, there were the repent or burn speeches, but they were geared more towards the hypocrites than they were towards your fellow man, towards your neighbor, towards the person next door from you. The rest of his life seemed to be all about following where he felt he needed to go. 
I cannot tell you that I know 100% certainty what Jesus would say his purpose here was. I wish I could. I, I think there would be a lot of writings and books and all the things if I could nail down that one thing. What I can say for certain after studying his life and after doing my best to find some thread of simplicity to follow is that he wasn't a follower of anybody other than his inner knowing. Jesus wasn't ever trying to fit in anywhere. In fact, Jesus was so comfortable in his own skin that, kind of like Maya Angelou says, he belonged to himself, so therefore he belonged everywhere. He wasn't looking for someone to invite him in. He was confident enough to do the inviting. He wasn't looking for someone to crown him as king. He positioned himself where he needed to be. He wasn't looking for permission to speak. He just started speaking. He wasn't waiting for someone to invite him to ask questions. He just started asking. And when he saw things that were wrong, the idea of him being outcasted for saying it didn't seem to concern him. Jesus lived a life fully true to everything he was. And I can say that with 100% certainty because still to this day, there has been no one like him. That is why the story of Jesus remains so powerful, Christian, non-Christian alike. Nearly across the board, every person I've encountered, atheist, Muslim, all of them, will tell me they love the story of Jesus. They connect with it, which is fascinating. But Jesus was the most authentic being to walk this earth. He didn't have a story of being unauthentic and then turning into someone authentic like many of us do. No, he just came that way. So the other day I was having a conversation with God and like I normally do. And I was asking all the things and pondering all the things and running down a thousand rabbit holes and my brain was running on overtime majorly. And and I realized that since stepping outside of the church, I have felt a little bit lost in my purpose. And maybe some of you can relate to that. I, I felt like for the longest time, my purpose was ministry. My calling was to be a pastor. My, my purpose was to evangelize and to heal and all the miraculous things and to be prophetic and all of that. And once I stripped all of that away, or rather it was stripped from me in some cases, I have felt a little floaty, like kind of floating out in space with nothing to tether me back in. I, I've wondered and questioned, well, what do I do now? What is the greater mission now? And I was having this very conversation with God and I was frustrated. And this is what I felt the Spirit say to me. What if your calling or your purpose is just to find out who you are and to be that. 
what if that's it? Like, literally, that was all I heard. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) No, 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 no. There's got to be something like deeper and greater than that. And I kept getting the same question back. Well, what if the only purpose for you is to fully be you? I don't know about you, but for me, that question is absolutely terrifying because my life, like so many others, includes story after story of being who I am and being rejected for it, being who I am and being unloved for it, having a voice when I felt I needed to have a voice and then being outcasted for my opinion. You see, for so many of us, the idea of just being who we are surely can't be the gig because that doesn't end well. Surely there's some other version of ourselves that we need to formulate and figure out how to be because then we would be accepted, then we would be loved, then we would be seen, and then we would really have arrived. My friends, the story of Jesus is the story of us. Jesus was every ounce of himself through and through his entire journey here. Jesus, I would argue, had a purpose to be himself, nothing more, nothing less. Where he had power and he could use that power for good, he did. When he had wisdom that he could impart to those who were listening, he did. When he had oppositional convictions, when he saw something wrong, even though it went against the majority, he spoke out, regardless of the consequences. Where he saw social barriers, he crossed them, not even caring who saw him do it. When he had moments to be flashy, he kind of avoided them because that didn't seem to be what he was about. What he was about was this authentic, complex, super-layered, amazing, divine being of love and grace and a ton of truth, like hard-weighted truth. I imagine many people didn't get him, but those who did loved him. So many of us feel like so many people just don't get me. And in fact, I've, I've Instagrammed this a lot over the past couple of years because I've been slowly trying to embrace authentic real me and, and slowly climb out of my fear cave that a lot of life situations have put me into. And it's scary. It is scary. And yet... I'm learning that the few that do see me and the few that do get me are worth like a thousand who don't. Jesus modeled that. Jesus modeled the idea of living authentic, living for what feels right inside you, living for loving your neighbor well living in a non-judgmental way where you are giving freedom and permission to those around you to be their authentic, beautiful self too. Jesus lived a life of realness 
And it was not easy. Was he rejected? Yes. Are you and I rejected every time we've stepped out and tried to be ourselves? Yes, we have. That is why so many of us are afraid to keep doing it. But the story of Jesus reminds us that that is part of it. Jesus set an example for us so profound that like he followed this authenticity track all the way to his death. That was why he was killed, because he was who he said he was, just like in the Old Testament when God would speak, I am who I say that I am. Jesus embraced that. What if you embraced that? I am who I say I am. I am no one else. I am who I am. Jesus walked that path all the way to his death. He was killed because he was so different, because he was so rejected for his wild thoughts and his behavior that went against the majority. And truly, just the path of somebody who's brave enough to follow their own path. And when it came time to be crucified, when the same people who had waved palm branches and praised him not that long before then turned on him and screamed crucify, he opened his hands and said, so be it. Never once did he fight back. Never once did he stoop to their level and become someone he wasn't. Even when faced with gruesome gruesome circumstances, he didn't stop being who he was. He was not wired to fight back. He was not built in such a way to turn in anger towards even those who were hurting him. He stayed who he was till the very last breath, and he even embraced the crowds turning on him. Because he's like, so be it. I am who I say I am. And you may kill my body, but you can't kill me. Because even though you do kill me, I'm going to rise again. He even talked about that before his death. Like, don't y'all fret about this because I will rise again. You see, there's so much beauty in this story of purpose. His purpose wasn't just to die. His purpose wasn't just to heal. His purpose wasn't just to give us profound wisdom or show us a better way. His purpose was to live his life here and say, I am who I say I am. This is me. And the entire world was changed because of it. And my friends, I believe in the story of Jesus. I believe in the death and resurrection. I believe in that same spirit living and dwelling inside of you and me. I believe in that. So I don't think this is one of those things where we just shrug it off and say, well, he was Jesus and I'm, you know, me. No. We have this beautiful example to follow. One that, yes, there will be hardships and there will be heartaches and there will be bumps along the way. The same people that praise you may turn on you and say crucify when you do something they don't like. It's part of the journey of being authentic. But I want to challenge you, whatever 
your your thoughts are on your purpose or your thoughts are on your calling or the reason you are here, I want to challenge you to boil it down to something as simple as, what if my purpose is just to be me? To find who that me is and let that me out into the world. My friends, I promise you, when you allow who you are, the real you, with all of the quirkiness, with all of the parts of you that make you different and set you apart, I promise you all of those things are divinely placed. They're good. They are good. Allowing the world to see that you could also possibly change the world. I love you. I believe in you. And I love what this story represents. I love what this story has lifted inside of me. And I hope it has done the same for you. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out, email, DM me, whatever. Would love to hear from you. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.